0: Capo, because it doesn't. You can, up you know, you can put more yeah, pressure yeah. or less. Yeah. yeah probably work with like all, all different kinds of guitars too they're electric and the thinner neck thicker neck okay all right all right good morning everyone good to see all um if you'd like to stand we'll just worship
1: Done and
0: Let's uh, read this call to, to prayer together. Um, I'll read, and if you'd like to um, join me in, in the green, in the green text, <laughs> may we find courage here—courage to follow our call, courage to live out our faith. May we find hope here—hope for a better world hope that refuses to let us go. May we find truth here, truth that lives in sacred community, truth that lives in ancient stories. May we find all that we seek, and in our seeking, may we know God. Amen.
1: my all in all here in the love of Christ
0: guys can be seated, some testimony time.
2: Good morning church family, I'm Deb McCormick and I'm gonna do um, God's sightings time. So um, if anyone has had a, a time this week or a moment this week or days this week where you felt God's presence more vividly um, and you'd like to share it with us, just stand up and I'll come to you or I guess you're coming forward. I'm not sure what we're doing now, but um, doesn't matter. We'll, uh, we'll get the mic to you. And anybody on Zoom, if you um, just put it in the chat, then we'll make sure you get um, spotlighted. And I will start out this morning. Um, so every Thursday, being a member of this family, I get a text and it says, how can we pray for you? And um, every time I get that text, it feels like I'm just, something's weighing on my heart or it's, um, I mean, do we ever, is there ever a shortage of something to pray about, right? So, but it's just, church family is what um, I want to testify about this morning. In scripture in Matthew, um, Matthew 20, Matthew 18, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered as my followers, I am there among them. So I think even virtually he's among us, um, like text and, and that power of corporate prayer um, with family, I'm just grateful, very grateful. Anybody have something they'd like to share? Yeah, Bethany. I'll meet you halfway. Good
3: morning, church. So as a lot of you know, me and Ryan, have experienced a lot of stuff going on with our house and mold and people moving and um, i was very very sick for a long time and i am just testifying this morning to god's goodness because the first time this week i felt safe in my home i felt content i felt at peace and i have not felt that way for a long time we have a shower after four months of not having a shower our beloved cats have come home they had health issues god has touched them and healed them and he has touched me and healed me and i don't know what you are going through today i don't know what hardships you are facing i don't know what life-stopping challenges have come your way but i can say that god is good and he will see you through it i was in the worst place of my life and now i can say i am well and it is well with my soul, and he is good. Your God will provide everything beyond your needs, ah. So that's just, it's, we're in a place where we are genuinely happy and we are genuinely becoming whole, and Ryan has gotten a job after looking and trying to move within his company. He found an amazing fit and just all of these things, all these answers have come flooding in and we've had the support of everybody here and our family and any need where it just seemed it'll never break through. God has broken through and bust out every wall, every window, every door. He's provided every single thing we could need. And uh, my God is good and he loves you and he's got you.
2: Anybody else have something they'd like to share this morning?
4: Good morning, church. I'm Dan, and uh, it says in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their, for their, can't read that, for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to the one who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And I'm just thinking of my small group and how special it is. Um, A bunch of guys, you know. And uh, it's interesting how we go through different cycles. And uh, what we say, sharing a group stays in a group unless it's something that, you know, we clear but it's like every one of us has gone through stuff. Right now, you know, I've been going through stuff, and it means so much to me to have those brothers there to stand with me. I mean, Norm even came down. He saw me sitting alone <laughs> first, you know. But it's it's some of these simple things of how we show love to one another. And I just want to encourage you. If you're not a part of a small group, it's great when we meet like this. But uh, when when you're in a more close setting. You know, you can go through those ups and downs with each other, you know, and each one of us have had some real tough times and we prayed for each other and uh, sometimes, you know, you get that step back and you share how God answered those prayers and how God has been there and and it's a a real joy. And so I just wanna say thanks to the Lord for my brothers. There you go.
2: We have anyone else? So I learned this morning that um, a number of our um, church family here is struggling with the back issues and that sometimes the stresses and troubles of this life kind of settle in our back and give us trouble. So um, I'd like to pray for those of us that have back issues here this morning. Heavenly Father, we just um, pray that you would ease these back troubles. And the ones that love you, um, just take that stress, that tension, whatever that trouble is, Father. I pray that it just eases this very moment and that relief is found from back issues. And we'll give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And there's one more family member I'd like to... um, pray with. And I understand it's an anniversary, not a good anniversary. But um, I'd like to pray for Harvey and Carol. I don't see Carol Hill right now, but I'll pray with Harvey. And I understand today is like 14 years since they lost their daughter. So Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you for the comfort that you give us. And we pray, Lord, that you would just, just pour that comfort out on Harvey and Carol this morning all this week. It's just, it could be a week, it could be a hundred years, losing a child. There's never, um, never a time that grief gives up. So we pray for comfort this morning. We know that um, you give it abundantly. We pray for Harvey and Carol. It's in Jesus' holy name. Amen. We got one more.
0: All right, if you'd like to stand, we'll do one oh, more song. Yeah,
1: you yeah, brighter than the sun, more beautiful than words could ever say. This endless light shining over. Surrounded your compassion and your grace, your love brighter than the sun, beautiful than words could ever say. shame upon the cross Oh, oh, your love is brighter than the sun more beautiful than words could ever say This endless light shining over all leads me to your glory Yeah.
5: Hello everybody. Uh, My name is Justin and I'll be leading us in our liturgy. Uh, You should see green words up there. Uh, Please read those when those come up. There are very few things as powerful as a group of people that admits they are not perfect and asks for grace as they grow. Imagine what our world might be like if every institution had such a weekly rhythm. Friends, we can light the way. Let us be brave in our truth-telling and honest in our confession, for we will always be met by grace. Let us pray together. Jesus of Nazareth, we admit that often we tuck our faith into our pockets, hiding in a place of comfort rather than proudly declaring, yes, we are Christian. Yes, this faith has changed. We're so afraid of offending others that we have established rules. No faith at the dinner table, no faith in politics, no faith is for whispering and saying, forgive us for staying quiet when we could be rewriting the narrative. We want to be brave. We want to pour out perfume over your feet. These things we pray, amen. Family of faith, hear this good news. Even in our silence, God loves us. Even in our fear or shame, even when we sin, you are free to be bold, to be brazen, to be exactly who God called you to be.
6: hi good morning my name is molly and i'll be doing your announcements this morning so first uh, i'm going to be doing a reminder about our connection card you can fill these out through text or on the front page on the website or they have um, copies in the back Um, my first announcement will be to um, join our team do you have skills in marketing, communication, or social media? Have you been considering doing work connected to your calling? We are looking for an individual to help us reinvent our social media and communication platforms. If this is something you are skilled at and feel called to help in this way, please reach out to Jenna either following service or via email to chat. Um, and we will be hosting a genesis the leader training on saturday april 30th from 10 a.m to 12 p.m in the coffee lobby Um, and it is going to be a mental health training for better understanding and approaches for mental mental health issues for any leadership position um it is going to be to inform, increase confidence, address concerns that you may experience in your leadership positions in a safe space with open discussion and an interactive format. Um, we will be doing a mental health overview, going over do's and don'ts, self-care for you, yourself and those you support, tips and strategies and other resources. Um, and today we will be eating together after service in the South Hall. Um, And my last announcement is we are going to be doing baptism on Easter. There is no greater statement of belonging to God than in baptism. As we descend into the waters, we enter Jesus' death and burial. As we are raised up out of the water, we enter into Jesus' new life. We are going to be baptizing on Easter Sunday, April 17th. If you would like more information or to sign up, check the box on the connection card. And now take a moment to say hi to the person next to you.
7: Good morning! You've made it to April, you survived April Fools. You made it through spring break for those of you who got one. It's good to to see faces in here, good to see faces on Zoom, and glad those people are joining who are on Facebook as well, so welcome. Uh, I want to thank you for those who continue to open their hands in generosity, continuing to give to the work of God in multiple different facets. But for those who continue to give, have a pattern of opening their hand and the resources to this community and to the ministries here. As we continue to speak out, we long to create places of belonging. Part of that meal is a part of that together. So if you didn't plan to stay and eat, stay with us today. When to create places of calling where we understand who God's inviting us to be. Even a part of that training happening on April the 30th is about that calling us and being equipped to be gracious and kind people uh, in this world. And we long to create a community of becoming or we're activating. So thank you for continuing to contribute to give. Um in that way, and for those of you who give through you can give online, who are sending in stuff, and there's a box there in the back. So I just want to pause and give thanks to God for his provision. So God, thank you for continuing to meet needs. And for the ones that we're still in waiting for, Lord, as you taught us today, give us our daily bread. Come into the affliction, to the poor, and the pain and the suffering. We look to you, Lord, would you sustain us? Would you sustain our neighbors? Would you sustain our families? Would you sustain those who are less fortunate, afraid, and hurting? Lord, would you give us eyes to see, to see the poor who are among us and with us. We might have their back That's a way of loving you. Thank you, Lord. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're in this period leading up to Lent, uh, leading up to Easter. It's called Lent. It is seven weeks long. Today is the fifth of that. Next Sunday is the Sunday you've all been waiting for, which is Palm Sunday, where you get to wave the greenery. Everyone's pumped for that, and it's usually a great showing. It's not. It's usually pretty lame. <laughs> it's, I, you know, I see everybody sort of w- w- waving these limp branches, and it's, It's not impressive, (laughs) but that will be next week's the unimpressive Palm Sunday, (laughs) but this week. And so we're following a lectionary, which is this historic pattern of the scriptures. And this is a text that many are reading this morning and teaching upon and being reflected on. It's a story that is found. So there's four books that tell the life of Jesus in the Bible called the Gospels. And it's pretty unique for all of them to include a story that is similar. Now, again, these are different writers and sometimes the stories are a little bit different. If you want to get into that nuance and stuff like that, that's a great conversation and a deep hole. But this story that we're looking at is found in all four of the accounts that tell the life of Jesus. And that is really unique. I think one of the only things where all four also have mentioned is the crucifixion. Not all four mention the birth of Jesus. Not all four mention all sorts of things, but all four tell this story. And sometimes we just have to ask these questions of why. Now know that today I'm not answering all the whys for that. This is where you as a human with a mind and a heart and wisdom and the Holy Spirit in you can wrestle with. Why is this story told? And so that's the story we're looking at today. And we're looking at John's account. And so let me pray before we jump in. But we're going to look at John. And it's John chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. We're going to read along, but let's pray we begin so Lord open our eyes to the beauty of your word open our eyes to the beauty of your revelation without you opening us we will be blind without you extending your grace we may not see For the places that we're not seeing clearly where we hear other voices other than yours have mercy Lord that we might hear, see, repent, trust, believe. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So here's John chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor martha served while lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him then mary took a pint of pure nard an expensive perfume she poured it on jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume but one of his disciples judas iscariot who was later to betray him objected why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor so this is his account in John. This beautiful interaction, as I said, it's told in all of the Gospels, some version of this. Some say it was the same, some say there was multiple, but we find ourselves in this one before the Passover in Bethany. Now the Bible, different places are named things, Hebrew has lots of meaning to it, where the place where Jesus was born was called Bethlehem, Bethlehem, meaning the house of bread bethany so bethany in hebrew is the house of the poor or the house of affliction this is where jesus finds himself and in this story even in the name of the city where they are death is everywhere surrounds the whole thing even though today we're looking at this brazen act of love death is all over the place The story begins with telling us that they were with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And just before this, Lazarus had died. And and sat in a tomb for four days. And Jesus arrives upon the scene. Saying that, oh, I am the resurrection and the life. Invites them to open up the tomb where Lazarus has laid. And he is raised to life. So just before this is death, days of mourning and still that trauma that falls upon everybody when death occurs. The lingering of those emotions and hormones and all that is still in their body. But yet Lazarus is raised and they're celebrating. But yet we cannot help to notice that death was right before this and right after this text they let us know that many people come and see Lazarus and so many of the leaders begin to say hey we're going to do something about Jesus we're going to put an end to him but we're also going to kill Lazarus because he is a sign he is this witness of the power of the authority of Jesus uh, that Jesus is one to be listened to and believed for what he is saying. Death follows it. And in this story, Jesus also says, oh, no, 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 this, this act, this beautiful act is one of love for my burial. Death is everywhere in this story. And it just makes me think, too, it's like death is everywhere around us. All the time. These moments, where we're coming out of grief or being reminded of grief, even today, as Deb was tearing and, and Harvey grabbed me this morning to let me know, saying, "Oh, today is a hard day." Fourteen years ago, my daughter Vicky Victoria died. Today is the day, remembering her death. Death surrounds us. Just a few weeks ago, in the Buttry family. Death surrounds us. We carry it, we we feel it, we smell it. In the same way, when Jesus showed up for Lazarus, they were like, hey, don't open the tomb. It's going to stink it's going to smell what they did to help that smell that stench that the smell of decay was the anointing was this way of just sort of masking over the reality of death it was still there there was still the decay there was still death it was still there but it was this mask it was this cover so the stench of it would not be there and so Jesus says oh this is to prepare me for my burial this is to be poured upon me this alabaster jar this this beautiful ointment this perfume is is one that if I was going to die because of his death is going to be so hasty it's going to be in the middle of the night he's going to be crucified he's going to be thrown in there's no proper burial there's no proper mourning there's no proper anything he's saying oh this is this is as if I was being buried it'll be used for me As in a way to cover the stench of decay. But this is what this is for. But yet we know. Jesus doesn't decay. Because the ointment and the perfume can't actually do anything. It just masks but yet this whole story is covered and surrounded with death but yet we know that Jesus is actually gonna do something with the decay and the stench that is so much bigger than perfume and ointment just to cover it Jesus is gonna put an end to that curse so that the dead will raise So that the sting could be silenced. So that we could have hope knowing that we will not be forgotten. But our God remembers us and returns us to life. I was thinking about that today and the beauty of Jesus to overcome death and the smell and the stench. Jesus is the one who does that with his death and resurrection. But even so, this story goes on about this beautiful, brazen act of love done by Mary. This act of love coming out of death. But Jesus even says, oh, she's doing this as an act of love in preparation for my burial. Does Mary know what's happening here? I don't know. I don't know if she knows. Some say yes. We knew that the disciples had no clue. They were oblivious to this reality of death and Jesus going to stuff her and die. Did Mary know? We, we don't know, but in her act, she is making this prophetic statement to the death of Jesus. And she has this brazen act of love for Jesus. Thinking about these sorts of acts of love in the midst of death. Harvey told me a story of Victoria. In the midst of her body being decaying and collapsing from leukemia, a big turtle had walked up upon her house in San Francisco. And Victoria's heart was filled with compassion. He remembers her weeping. For this turtle and that she hit the phones calling all these places oh here would you come get this turtle would you come do something about this and they're like no 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 just just take it to the end of the block and let it go take it to the top of this hill and let it off and as Harvey told me the story that was not good enough for Victoria because she's like no a, a predator is going to see it high exposed on that hill and is going to have is going to eat turtle for lunch she would not have it so then they found in Golden, was it Golden Gate Park, Harvey? They found that there was this pond there. There was a number of turtles in there. And they took the journey and took the turtle and put it in that pond. In that habitat. that would be more suitable for it. A brazen act of love in the midst of death. Beautiful. And we remember that act of love today. I remember a number of years ago in our family here, when Grace Lynn Inman had died. It was an 18-month-old little girl who got the flu and just died fast. And I got the call from I'm a police chaplain, and I, I knew the Inmans, I got a call to be with them in there as this house is filled with mourning and death and chaos and pain and police and coroners and Chris's father who was visiting at that time. And every one of us who was there wanted to be able to do something. And yet we were powerless, but just to be with them. It was heavy and painful and sad. I remember just so many tears. The ache and the pain. It's a moment that is etched in my soul and my memory. And I know for Chris and Amy, it's etched upon them. They think about Graceland every day, a daughter whom they love. They love for her to be remembered and not forgotten. And I remember those moments. Chris and Amy wanted a way to, to move in an act of brazen love: love for their daughter, love for a community. And so they raised some money, put some money together, and they built an area in a park just down the street. It's called Graceland's Park. They put in specific play equipment. Police cars, the little ones that rock, and um, fire trucks, the ones you can sit on and like shake and go in there. They put in one of those co-swings an adult and a baby can be together on one of those swings and you can swing together in it have you seen those yeah, they're 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 amazing yeah they're they're not down they're not in the rundown parks now these are beautiful beautiful they're pictures of love and, and they wanted that as a way of telling a story telling a story of their house being filled with police and fire and paramedics and a longing to have a swing like this to where they could swing with Graceland but they wanted to create this space of brazen love for their community and there came a day when it was all put together and they threw a big party in the park and you guys there they threw this big party and they um, they sort of... What was it called? They, they cut the tape. They commissioned it. They, they, um, they sort of acknowledged the story. And, and so many people came. The police who were part of that day came and the firefighters came and Grayson's pediatricians who knew the story all came from their group and the mayor and neighbors and people came to remember and to recognize this brazen act of love it was beautiful now some who w- didn't know what was going on could look at it and be like why isn't there any parking why are the streets so filled who's parking in front of my house this is annoying and that's usually kind of what happens the critique when you don't know the story It was a beautiful, beautiful day. And in some way in life, here's Mary in this moment of this brazen act of love for Jesus. Takes this really expensive bottle, does this extravagant, faith-filled with her body and steps into it and pours it out upon Jesus. And that fragrance fills the room. The smell of it covers. It It stretches into every spot. Fills it. It was over the top. It was extravagant. I don't know if it made them choke. I don't know if they couldn't breathe. I don't know if they had to open a window. But it filled it. And it was shocking. And it was over the top and extravagant. And Judas speaks up, and John lets us in after the fact. Oh, yeah, we kind of knew that he was, you know, the bad one, stealing. But he speaks up, and he critiques. He critiques this. People, do we live in a world filled with critique right now? Believe me, you put out something into this world, and you let other people know what you're going to do. If it gets seen, you will be critiqued. Spoken about, everything is critiqued. The voice of one, and this is the voice of Judas. If there's anything, it's like, oh, let us hold our tongues. But Judas critiques, this was foolish. This was wasteful. By all means we're in the house of the poor shouldn't this have been sold and distributed to the poor wouldn't that be a better use of this. And even some of us would sit here and be like well oh, I mean I mean Jesus doesn't even really need it he's not even going to decay. I mean Jesus is going to raise from the dead if there's anybody Jesus was like you know what you're right I really didn't need this. This was over the top I, I really didn't need to be anointed I'm not going to really experience death. I'm going to be raised to life and this was a waste. Nope. Now, some of us, when we get critiqued, we want to go after the one who critiques us. and We want to come with equal or more force. Eye for an eye. If they're going to be a jackass, I will too. But Jesus doesn't do that. If anyone could have spoke up about Judas at that that moment, revealed the stench within him, it would be Jesus. But Jesus doesn't. What does Jesus say? I love this. You know, sometimes I do wish he'd said more. But I love what Jesus says. Leave her alone. Leave her alone alone wow I think so many of us need to hear that from Jesus when we're being critiqued when someone is voicing over the way we live or our life or what we're being moved to do where our hearts are beginning to care and those voices that come in to shame us to silence us, to quiet us, to make us pause, to make us stop. Oh, we, we need to hear Jesus defend us and hear Jesus speak out leave her alone. Leave her alone. Way she loves, pours herself out, leave her alone in the way that she loves her children, cares in the family, leave her alone for the way she dresses, leave her alone for what her hair looks like, leave her alone. What she's done is good. Leave her alone. So we live in this world of so much critique so many voices telling us you're not doing it right you should have done this you should have talked about this you should have spoken up about this you did it wrong even when it's love that's driving it you did it wrong And many of us, we we already know that before we step into anything. And all of a sudden, our bravery and our courage is zapped. Have you ever been moved in that way? And you wanted to voice love and compassion into the world. And it was met with a punch to the face or a punch to the gut. Met with ridicule. Looking at what you did with the lens of hate a lens of stupidity a lens of you're just being woke or a lens of you're a leftist communist or a lens of your uh what what other lenses can you have in there um right And, and then all of a sudden you're like i'm done i'm done caring in those moments we have to hear jesus speak to us leave her, alone, over you. Have you felt the Lord inviting you to care, to love, to, to, to move in a way of faith in this world towards God's good and towards life, but yet. Because of all the voices of critique, you've stopped. Because of all the loud voices, you haven't taken that step. Because it could be taken the wrong way. You could look foolish or stupid. And so we sit back out of that fear. Those are the voices of the accuser. do we ever church and you do we ever as the times now we need to continue to hear jesus speak over our living and our loving to point out these acts of love and the critique that comes with them with his voice where he speaks in over us we have to hear that as the critique comes from so many different places others those around us wounds in our past the trauma that's happening in our own families we have to hear jesus speak over and defend i don't know what you need to hear from jesus but i love that we have a god jesus who one as we mentioned in the beginning has something to say to the stench of death. To an aroma that will fill the room of life. This is our God. Jesus has something to say to death. And in his great love, he puts an end to it. Not an end to this reality that death is still around us, that we still mourn for those losses, but this hope. Because we will be raised to life again. And Jesus comes into our living and defends us. Defends these brazen acts of love and says, keep loving. Keep loving. You don't have to get it right. You're not going to, it's not about which is the best way. It's about loving. Keep loving and let jesus speak over the ones who are lying to you and accusing you and critiquing you and let jesus speak over you if we listen to those voices we will stop we will quit we will back away and say it's just not worth it may jesus speak to you and encourage you may you hear jesus speak over you leave them alone may you hear the approval of jesus and may you be able to take a breath and live and love extravagantly and show that love in a super expressive beautiful ways as mary did let's pray Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, speak Lord, speak to those who death seems to be the loudest word. wrap wrap your people in your love and the power of the resurrection through Jesus we praise you God that you come to the house of the poor and the afflicted you come near into our houses Thank you, Jesus, that there is a final word over death, and it is your resurrection. For whatever we can, Lord, let that hope, that truth meet every part of our thinking, our feeling, and our bodies. And may we smell the aroma of your love. And so, Lord, for the accusation that every one of us hears and feels and knows the eyes of others who are looking and watching, and critiquing. Oh, Lord, may we hear what you have to say. May our bodies and our hearts be filled with love. And may that get fueled out of us. Forgive us, Lord, when we critique. God, forgive us when we're responding with violence. God, forgive us when we're responding harshly out of jealousy and anger and out of just being hurt. Forgive us. Let us not be those people. Let us not silence the love of others demean their acts of love. Let's not be the ones who tell them, no, you're doing it wrong. So, Lord, would you come and defend so that we could love in your name? Love in your likeness. Be filled with that bravery and courage to pour out ourselves to be extravagant in our love to use our body and our hair and our being regardless of the critique and Jesus may you receive glory so Lord Holy Spirit animate us how do we say yes to this today So, a couple of things as we go. Um, baptism is a beautiful response. A beautiful response to belonging to Jesus. It's the way we identify with Jesus and Jesus' life, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection. So, if, um, it's extravagant. It's different. It's a bit odd. It'll get in your hair. Right? It's, it's different. For some, it's like, well, that's, that's kind of a scene. Kind of. A bit. But it's a way of saying, as we get submersed and dunked into that water, saying, oh yeah, your death is my death. I belong to you. And as we're raised out of that water, this new life of Jesus is ours. We belong to Jesus, his death is ours, his new life is ours. It's beautiful. It's a response of love. It's an act of love. We probably do it wrong. Did you see that thing where that pope was like, they didn't say the right words, and there's like, or that, the, the bishop or whatever, and like, 3,000 people's baptisms didn't count. It's ridiculous. It's not about the person doing it was to be like leave him alone leave him alone this is beautiful For well, the parents who baptized the children at birth well, that's not how you do it leave them alone <laughs> and, and here i i kind of believe that's like the believers one but leave them alone if you lied to be baptized you're like oh yeah we're not going to do it right but it will be a spectacle and you're going to get you're going to water in your hair if you have some so if you'd like to be baptized it's a sign of right jesus loves us we're loving back let me know we're going to do it on easter there is a baptismal there's like a thing of water that we open up the things in here and we and we it takes like a day and a half to fill it up because it just drips down <laughs> in there. And it will be warm and it will be clean. Um, but if you'd like to be baptized, let me know. We would love to celebrate that and to mark it and to party with that. The other thing we're doing is that we're eating together. We understand that some you're like oh you might be a little bit sick today or that it's not and and you're like ah we can't and it's like oh we're sad we hope you can join us again if those who are on zoom or facebook we hope you can join us our hope and our plan is to eat the first sunday of the month together to create spots of belonging to sit at a table and to share a meal this whole story started there and this beauty of eating together it's holy and so let's eat together we've we've got enough we've got bread and soup and salads I made a pasta fajol. it's not a vegetarian soup this time this one has spicy pork in it I'm sorry vegetarians but come come and eat sit at a table talk and be you don't have to perform you don't have to talk about what was moving about the sermon today unless I'm sitting at your table Um, Jesus is with us and loves us that's good and this will be a way of doing communion together recognizing what Jesus has done for us and we eat it's an act of joy It's an act of joy in the face of death we are alive and we are here so eat with us celebrate together So those are the two things with that. And I want to close with this affirmation of faith. We've been getting these um, liturgies that have gone along with the text as we kind of read the confession one and the call to worship. I, I, I love those kinds of things where we get to do stuff together in that way. And so let's close together with this liturgy. And so I want to invite you to stand. And those on Zoom, I'm inviting you to stand, too and on Facebook. And we're going to read this affirmation together. It's a closing prayer. I believe in beauty, beauty pulled into being by our creator, beauty that catches our breath, beauty that turns us toward awe. I believe in courage, courage to believe, courage to stand up for the people we love, courage to love without hesitation. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who prays for us when we cannot, who is brave for us when we are not. I believe in Jesus Christ, who stood up for Mary, who quieted the voice of the critique who welcomed every bid for relationship i believe in god i believe in god who believes in us amen, amen. may you go in the beauty and the courage and in the love of our god please head on down to south Hall and get some soup if you're willing to stay